Fight Podcast, hosted by Sergio Vicente. The Fight Podcast is brought to you by Sage Eats. Sage Eats is a Chicago-based healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring company. They deliver healthy, organic, custom meals directly to your home or office. For those of you not in Chicago, Sage Eats also offers online fitness mentoring where your personal fitness mentor will send you four weeks worth of workouts that are customized to your body and your goals. Your mentor is available seven days a week to answer questions and offer support. Sign up for Sage Eats at W www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Now here's your host of the FIGHT podcast, Sergio Vicente. What up, what up, what up? And good morning to everybody. Actually, I don't know if it's morning when you're listening to this, but regardless, good morning and happy Wednesday from the Fight Podcast. I'm Serge Vicente, the host, and this is episode 123. All right, yo, we have a really, really good show for you guys today, man. Obviously, I'm going to break down all the amazing action from this past weekend. We had no UFC no big UFC, but we did have an amazing boxing card. Tyson Fury went out there and did work. And um, we also had Bellator 222 in Madison Square Garden. Uh, that was headlined by Rory McDonald and Neiman Gracie. Uh, remember, the Fight Podcast is brought to you each week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meals and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 15% off of your first three months. Also, follow the fight podcast on all social media platforms at the fight podcast and make sure you check us out at the website www.thefightpodcast.com listen to the fight podcast everywhere that podcasts are available man so let's just go ahead and dive into it man uh this weekend madison square garden bellator 222 look usually i know it has to be a big event it has to be something different for me to go out there and actually talk about an organization that's not the UFC first and it's because there was nothing last week finally we got a little bit of a break from the UFC um but they have so much coming up um they have the Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series that's coming back um they have their new Apex center that they have that the UFC just opened up Dana White did a whole walkthrough and talk about that um they're relaunching fight pass which I'm happy to hear because I was definitely about a week away from deleting that off of my phone so look there's a lot going on man but Bellator came with it once again and I'll be honest with you man this was a really really solid card it was headlined by Rory McDonald. 21 and 5. He is the champion at welterweight, and a lot of people still believe that he is the best welterweight in the world. I don't know. I think the jury is legitimately still out, especially because after his last couple fights, it doesn't seem like he had the same type of oomph, the same type of tenacity that he's had in the past. But he went out there and he competed against Neiman Gracie. A lot of people, including myself, was really, really, really hesitant i had him winning this fight but we forget and how quickly we forget after his last fight against john fitch who he should have mauled he had a close fight he had a draw he was able to move on because of the draw but it 
he said he didn't have that killer instinct anymore. He said because of his newfound love of religion, he didn't know if he had that extra gear. He didn't know if he had it in him anymore. So a lot of us, even myself, said, look, man, if you have one foot out, yo, be gone. This is not the game that you want to play if you have one foot in, one foot out. Rory has a family now, you know, wife, he has kids, and he has a lot to offer. My man's is like Tom Cruise out there in uh, Canada. People love Rory McDonald. So that really worried me for this fight because, look, quiet as is kept, Neiman Gracie was 9-0. Solid, solid, solid ground game, as we know, was able to pretty much just destroy Ed Ruth, who I had as my dark horse for the tournament. So this fight really bothered me, man. But unanimous decision, Roy McDonald goes out there, does work, retains his welterweight championship and moves on in the tournament to go out there and actually face in a rematch Douglas Lima. Remember, they fought when Rory first got in there for Douglas Lima's title. Douglas Lima was the one with the title at the time, and it was a close matchup. It could have gone either way. It truly could have. A lot of people don't know. A lot of people I've even heard say, oh, I don't know. I had Douglas winning. I've watched the fight a number of times. I literally go back and forth. One time I'm like, okay, Rory edged it out. Other times I'm like, Douglas Lima edged out also. But one thing that I definitely want to bring up in looking at this, okay, first and foremost, let's say this. How did Rory look? And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm not gonna sit there and just try to strum up drama for entertainment value or anything. Look, man, Rory looked good. He looked good, he looked well-rounded, but if you know Rory from the past, it doesn't seem like it's the same Rory. And I'm not gonna lie, that Red King bloody face going out there fighting all the dogs and actually fighting them in that manner. Look at the fights with ruthless Robbie Lawler. Look at these fights, you know what I'm saying, with, with just everyone in the UFC. He went out there to absolutely destroy people. It doesn't seem like he has that in him anymore. Even though he's winning, it doesn't seem like he has that now. He was actually asked about this recently um, in his post-fight interview, in his post-fight win. And this is what he had to say when he was asked about his religion and anything else. I hurt the other guy. How do you balance that and make sure that you come out on the other side, you know, just continuing to believe in what you believe in? I don't, I'm not struggling with that anymore. I've, I've, I've good... I have complete clarity that, you know, God gave me these skills and this uh, this platform, you know. He took me from a scrawny kid um, in, in a low place and, and brought me up in, in the martial arts and uh, and the, in the fight game since I was 16 years old and, you know, built me up to put me on this big stage and... Uh, I get to uh, I get to testify what the Lord has done in my life, so I think that's that's a really positive thing. Uh, that maybe I could reach an audience um, that maybe wouldn't be reached, you know, in the in the fight world uh, about how good God is when when you know you give your heart to Him. When you're in there, it's all right. So as we see, he's definitely gone 
full religious, right? Um, the, the fighter that I really think about when this happens is, for instance, Manny Pacquiao. One Manny Pacquiao was out there doing his thing, messing with strippers, gambling, all kinds of stuff. Manny Pacquiao was knocking people's faces off. Once he found religion, and not saying that religion is a bad thing because there's plenty of fighters who are religious who go out there and put them thumpers on people as well. So I don't want to sit there and say that I'm, you know, shitting on religion in any capacity because I'm not. But if he does not have that killer instinct going forward, I am worried about him, especially when he's going to go ahead and fight against an absolute killer in Douglas Lima. And when he was asked about the Douglas Lima rematch, this is what he had to say. It's when you're training every day, you have to kind of have the eye of the tiger. And it's like eat, sleep, like, you got to be like chewing on steel, you know, kind of thing for, you know, six weeks and getting it hardens your body. It hardens your mind. So I don't know, something about that just gets you in that mind frame of being able to push through certain low points. Whereas if you were just kind of training so, so, you know, in good shape, you might, you might slack off a little bit. It kind of becomes that zone it actually feels pretty good i don't know it's uh, it's like kind of uh like uh like you feel it inside of you You feel hungry you feel like a tiger you know it feels good so when he was asked about douglas lima he says look man i can get my training in i can get that eye of the tiger i'm gonna keep it a thousand percent with you guys as of right now I thoroughly believe he's absolutely going to get scuffed by Douglas Lima. The first fight was close. And since they have last competed, Douglas Lima has gone out there and destroyed the likes of Korshkov, Michael Venom Page, and, um, and Lorenz Larkin. Three absolute monsters, might I add. Ever since that fight... Roy McDonald has gotten absolutely destroyed by Gegard Mousasi, had a draw and has had a draw with um with with Fitch, who's like 57 years old. I have no idea. He's been in the game forever. So if we're looking at career trajectory, Doug Slima has all the momentum. And as quiet as it's kept, momentum is huge in this game. So I am not positive or I'm not sure I say confident in how he's going to perform in this matchup because here's my thing and this is something that when we're looking at for instance like Chael Sonnen he says look I just didn't have that extra gear anymore I didn't have any any more bullets left in the chamber when the when the going got tough essentially when the going gets tough, is Rory McDonald going to be able to dig deep in the same capacity that he was able to in the past? I'm going to keep it, again, a thousand trillion percent with you. I don't think he will. And I think he gets destroyed by Douglas Seema. So we'll see what happens. But at the end of this tournament, man, 100%, I got Douglas Seema winning out the welterweight Grand Prix and being the tournament champion and the new welterweight champion at the end of this tournament. Um... 
moving right along the next fight on the car which they said is like the not even the co-main event the other main event i I, they bellator look i love bellator i do but sometimes the way that they pose certain things some of the, the certain ways that they build certain things is corny this is this is the also main event and not only that the going in there and interviewing the whole wwe like i'm interviewing the athletes before they go out there look you're not going to get great content interviewing an athlete prior to them going out there and fighting another grown-ass man in the cage. It's not going to happen. Nobody wants to talk to a reporter or anybody else before that. They're zoned in. They're just going to tell you everything that they want to say. Yeah, I'm going to win. Yeah, I'm focused. Yeah, I'm this. They're not going to give you the the, the answer that you actually want to hear. It's not going to happen. So, I hate that they're doing that. Um, I still believe that the zone needs to do a far better job in their production. Um, sound quality is suspect. Um, and Bellator, look, man, I, I expect a specific quality from Bellator as well. So, look, we'll see what ends up happening to that one. But let's go ahead and jump into the the other main event, which was Leoto the Dragon Machida, making an, another return at Bellator, fighting against Chael P. Sonnen. This fight was interesting in so many levels, man, because, look, let's be honest, the winner of this fight, even though one man was 42, one man was 41, the winner of this fight gets a title shot the winner of this fight will end up fighting later on this year ryan bader for the 205 pound championship so i was interested in watching it because of those storylines who's gonna win are these two guys going to look like two old guys or is there something left in the tank remember leona machida because of peds he had to go ahead and actually take two years off I'm not going to say he had to. He was forced to take two years off. He has come back. And I'm not going to lie. Since he's come back, he's looked amazing. He went ahead and did work against the former champion, Cavalio, over there at the 185-pound champ. And now he's at 205, you know, trying to do the same thing. This fight was interesting. Chael Sonnen tried to do what Chael Sonnen does and really impose his will. He wanted to wrestle, but man, Leota Machida looked like the Leota Machida of old. In fact, I'm not going to lie to you. He looks like he might be better than ever. He ended up in the, at the end of the first round catching, oh my God, the timing of this flying knee perfectly landed, jumps up, did one of these switch knees, boom, Catches Chael Sonnen square in the face, drops him. I think Chael is absolutely done. Chael's incredible heart and grit and determination got him through the first round. Second round comes out. Obviously, he's going to try to push the pressure again because he was hurt. Goes out there one more time and gets caught with the same exact flying knee. This one even lands more flush. Some solid ground and pound. The fight's over two minutes into the fight. Leota Machida moves on. He's going to... probably fighting for the title uh, later on this year. Um, before I get into Chael Sonnen, Leota looked good. Weighed in at 204 pounds. He looked solid. He looked fluid. And yes, he was fighting another 40-year-old guy. But let's not forget who he has recently beat. Cavalio. Nasty. And if we look at his last couple of fights, right? He is on a four-fight winning streak. 
He beat Eric Anders, who was a monster. He beat Vitor Belfort, retired his ass. He went ahead and fought, like I said, Cavalio, beat his ass. Chael Sonnen KO'd him. And let's not forget, in August of 2012, which was UFC on Fox 4, he already fought the champion um, in Ryan Bader. And he was able to actually KO Ryan Bader in the first round. So we look at that. They fought together. They fought already. And so I look at him like, who, who, who's actually, who looks better? Who's looked better in the last? It's easy for me to go ahead and look at it and say, well, look, man, Ryan Bader's a champ champ. He's never looked better in Bellator. He went ahead. He's beaten Fedor. One, but he went through the entire uh, heavyweight Grand Prix in, dude, three fights, King Mo, Matt Mitrione, Fedor Emelianenko, he did not absorb one strike. Yo, I'm going to say that one more time. He did not absorb one single strike and got three wins in that heavyweight Grand Prix tournament. You have to give the man show. You got to show him some love. You have to show him respect. What's going to happen in that fight? I, I don't know. We'll see. Is he too big for Leoto? Leoto has struggled in the past with, you know, physical opponents who have been able to take him down, hold him and control him. But at the same token, a la, for instance, Luke Rockhold, John Jones and, the, and those type of guys. Can Ryan Bader do the same thing? If Ryan Bader goes out there and just shoots in like he's done in the past, well, look, he ends up getting dealt with. But if he stays on the outside, we, we never know. We don't know what's going to happen. He's going to have to mix it up. But it will be an extremely compelling fight that I can't wait to see, to be honest with you. All right. Chael P. Chell P took an L tonight, or should I say this past Saturday, and after the fight, he takes his gloves off, and he ends up retiring from MMA. Chell P. Sonnen is retiring with a record of 30 wins and 17 losses, and a lot of people have been bringing up his, his legacy. Yo, Chell Sonnen is whom... I think a lot of athletes should model their career after. Yes, he's had an up and down career, but he is somebody who is the epitome of I'm not going to give up. He won far more fights than he's lost. He's made a career for himself outside of the cage and inside of the cage. He fought everybody. Think about this. Fedor. John Jones, Machida, dude, he he's go, he's gone out there and fought here. You know what? Just for shits and giggles, let me go ahead and pull it up, man, because I I need to really express everybody who this dude has fought. But when we're when I'm pulling that up, people look at his legacy, right? And we're saying, oh, well, you know, he was never a champion. Well, you forget that in the WEC, he went ahead and fought Paulo Filo. Paulo Filo actually was a champion in the WEC. He was whooping everybody's ass, actually beat Chael Sonnen beforehand. He misses weight, ended up missing weight in the WEC by seven whole pounds. They end up still having to fight. Chael Sonnen beats the shit out of Buddy. But guess what happens? Because 
Dude, the champion misweight, they didn't give him a belt. So essentially, he's never won a belt. But he's also competed against, again, the likes of Anderson Silva. Come on, man. Those epic battles. He, if it wasn't for Chael Sonnen, there would not be an Anderson Silva. You know what I mean? People wouldn't care because Chael was that big. Now, in terms of his legacy and him even bringing something up with the um, entertainment era, for instance, this is what he thinks. And if you did, what is it? Uh, no, I, I, not necessarily. I think that uh, maybe I helped us get over to the entertainment era that we're in right now. And, uh, you know, for better or worse, but I think I had a hand in that. Um, but I don't know about a mark necessarily. I think maybe if I was to be remembered, uh, I was very proud of the way my career started and the guys that I had to look up to. And they were true tough guys. They were legitimate tough guys. I had my Randy six Couture, Dan Henderson. scale. And... Uh, I mean, we didn't worry about who you were fighting. You didn't need a bunch of money or attention or anything else. You just wanted to compete. And, you know, I really like the competitors that we have in the sport, but I think they're a little fewer and far between. And if there was something that I could pass to the locker rooms, it would be to go back to that competitive era. Guys that want to do it, that enjoy the sport. They just want to see who's the best. Um, So... That's what he feels as if it is one of the most, you know, important aspects of your career. Now that I have it, I just want to read this to you guys. He's fought the who's who. Leota Machida, Fedor Emelianenko, Rampage Jackson, Vandalay Silva, Tito Ortiz, Rashad Evans, Shogun Hua, John Jones, Anderson Silva, Michael Bisbing, Brian Stan, Nate Marquardt, Damian Maya. Paulo Filo, dude, that is, he's, those are all Hall of Famers. Think about that. For somebody to fight, fight those, and here's the thing, he, he didn't lose, he didn't lose all those fights. He won some, he lost some, man. Um, he is somebody, and a lot of people are bringing this up now, look, he, he failed, you know, the PD to, he is the Lance Armstrong in MMA. So what? And I know I'm hard on people generally who have, have PD issues, but he's someone who owned up to it. The era in which he was going out there and actually that he failed for all those PEDs, we forget everybody was on him. I wish I had that sound clip pull up, that Nate Diaz sound clip. Everybody's on steroids. Because it was. Everybody in that time period was. And he, again, he he popped for things that at that point in time were legal. And he ended up having to take the ultimate price. He ended up getting fired from Fox, even though he was the best analyst that they had. He was able to bring himself out of that, that because of his amazing podcast. And he's a brilliant mind. And from what all accounts and everything that I've understand, he is truly one of the good guys in sports. He's somebody who came from that, you know, respectful wrestling background. Hear what he just said. He's somebody who just said, like, look, man, I, I you know, I came from when people were just trying to compete. Yo, Dan Henderson didn't talk shit. Randy Couture didn't talk shit. And that's the type of lineage that he came from from but when all those guys were getting paid when all these people were getting money and people were not paying attention to Chael Sonnen Chael Sonnen did what a brilliant marketing person ends up doing he went out there and said look I'm a fan of wrestling let me go ahead and take this wrestling shtick 
and 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 try to elevate my name and be and he did that he was able to go out there and really you know make a name for himself talking his talk and if you listen to it now some of it's corny i'm not gonna stunt some of it is corny but it was fun and if it wasn't for chael sonin there would not have been any conor mcgregor and people need to really realize that man so look truly 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 salute to to chill p sonin he is the best analyst um he and daniel cormier in terms of uh fighters who are doing it he's on espn he is going to be somebody who is remembered for being a tough guy who fought everyone and everybody he had a chapter in his life that he did not handle you know that he ended up popping but he's also going to be remembered for building himself back up salute chael sonin everything that you've done in your career and uh believe me i was somebody who at one point in time i didn't i didn't like him i i bought into the hype but once i actually realized who he was and i stopped being as much of a fanboy and i really started actually focusing on the x's and o's really looking at what was behind the curtain because that's what you have to do from time to time i had to look behind the curtain man i had to see who was out there who who's who's the who who's the man in the mirror who's the one doing it and once i was able to look behind the curtain i was really able to realize look man chael p is a good guy who was out there doing a lot for the sport so salute to him man um that was great all right, moving right along. Um, I hope I did Chael P, you know, uh, service with that. Um, truly, I'm a fan of his, and I really believe he's going to go down as a legend in the sport. Um, all right, moving right along, man. Dylan Dennis um, also went out there and competed against Matt Humphreys. Dylan Dennis gets the, the finish in the early in the second round, ground and pound. Um, he ends up uh, beating Matt, Max Humphreys, who is two and two, you know, whatever journeyman. Um, yo. I'm going to be, I'm going to keep it a buck. I was not a fan of Dylan Dennis. I hate his trash talk. But it's a little hypocritical for me to sit there and say I love Chael Sonnen and what he's doing. And I don't like what Dylan Dennis is doing. Once I was able, I I was able to sit back and actually look at and listen to an interview with Ariel Hawani this week. And it seemed one of the most open and honest conversations when Dylan Dennis he he took the mask off and it was just him and he's talking and he was so respectful and kind and funny yo he's a good guy man and he's extremely skillful one of the best grapplers that we have ever seen in the sport compete now in MMA and I'm talking about he's in the same line as you look at the guys like I'm not saying he's the same level as the Rio kid you know Cron Gracie um or anybody uh, for that matter um uh, Gary Toner or anybody like that but look he's in that same ballpark he he's very skillful he's at SBG Ireland training with some of these guys he has a lot of skills and here's the thing people are paying attention he calls out the people he he needs to call out he's talking trash yo he came in with some fire shorts i love this show he came in with some leopard prince shorts i can't stunt i'm looking for him so i can train in them those are fire and the fact that he's going in there he's speaking he's speaking you know he's talking the talk he's going out there and backing it up and here's the thing i'm gonna talk about this in a little bit bellator is bringing him on in the right way for everybody who's like oh i'm tired of him fighting all these cans oh we don't want to see this happening fam what do you expect 
Boxers don't fight nobody until they 20 fights in, and that's what we know him. Let him develop. Let him grow. Because if that doesn't happen, that is how we get the Aaron Pico situations of the world. Bellator handle one situation shitty, and they're handling one far better. So again, I'll talk about Pico in a second, but all in all, yo, Dylan Dennis, great win. What's going to happen next? Man, give him another tomato can. Give him a can of Campbell's soup and keep it pushing. Um, also on this card, we had the 22 and one Juan Archuleta fan of the show, a friend of the show. Um, he fought, um, former champion, former 135 pound champion in Bellator, Eduardo Dantes, who is 21 and seven Juan Archuleta in the second round at the very end of the second round. They hear the ding, the, the clap, clap, clap. That's 10 seconds. Eduardo Dantes starts throwing bombs. Juan Archuleta look cocks back and lands one of the most most vicious right hands I've ever seen in my life. Completely flat lines. Um, uh, Eduardo Dantes. Yo, this is a what? 21 fight win streak. He's absolutely destroying people. Juan Archuleta wins because of volume. He doesn't get tired. He can take a shot. He has a great chin, and he is well-schooled. Yes, he trains out there with TJ Dillashaw and Cub Swanson. He has a great team around him. People want to throw PD and stuff around him. Look, he hasn't he hasn't pissed hot for shit yet, so I'm not going to say that. And it's unfair for anybody to actually bring that upon him because of the people he's around. I'm, I'm just saying, he hasn't pissed hot, so we can't say that about him. But he's going out there, he's doing work, and I'm gonna be honest with you, man. He he deserves a title shot. He's beating some great. He's beating my boy Ricky Bandejas. He's beating now the former champion Eduardo Dantes. He is a solid competitor. He is solid at 135 pounds, regardless of the organization. And after the fight, he called out the newly crowned champion Kyori uh, Horiguchi. Now, let me talk about Horiguchi for a second. Horiguchi and Darian Caldwell fought in a rematch for the Bellator. The 135 pound champion. Darren Caldwell used to be the champ champ at Bellator. He was 135 pound champion. Flew over to have a promotional um, showdown. Bellator versus Ryzen against their 135 pound champion in the New Year's show last year. And he fought against and got submitted by Kahori Horiguchi. This fight comes out. It's now it's here. He's here, he's fighting, and Horiguchi wins unanimous decision, which Darren Caldwell was not happy about. I'm going to be honest with you guys. Horiguchi won this fight fair and square. He won this fight in the old school pride rules. He won this fight in these rules. If you take an opponent down and you don't do anything, if you're just trying to hold them, this is not wrestling. This is MMA. You need to try to do things. Koroguchi was active from the bottom. He was throwing strikes. And on the feet, he always looked like he was trying to finish the fight. If you're trying to finish the fight at all times, you get the W. And now, Kyoru Horiguchi not only is the Ryzen 135-pound champion, he is now also the Bellator champion. That, ladies and gentlemen, is a legitimate champ champ. And he has a bigger claim in my opinion to the best 135 pounder in the world than a Henry Suhudo. Yo, is he the best 135 pounder in the world? He has an argument. 
And not only does he have an argument, he is, and I will say this, the greatest Japanese fighter of all time. Is he the most polarizing? He's the best? No, we have the Kid Yamamoto's of the world, God rest his soul. Um, you, we have, you know, uh, all the guys the, from, from back in the day. Um, they're incredible. Who is the most skilled? Who is the best all around? It is Horiguchi. Horiguchi has gone out here and absolutely done work. He is one in Bellator. He is one in the UFC. He is one in Ryzen. He's a champion in two of those organizations. He is an absolute monster. He trains at American Top Team and the guys from American Top Team say, yo, this is somebody who is absolutely just ripping through people. He has a lot more to go. He's young. This dude is has the potential to be the best 135 pounder out there period will he fight the 135 pound champ in the ufc probably not dana don't want to play nice but regardless um it's a good one now uh horiguchi versus uh, juan archuleta yo i'm here for it bellator make it happen i cannot wait for that one all right um Aaron Pico okay so there was a lot of other great fights on this card uh you had Aaron Pico fighting um against um Adam uh, uh Boric you had Valerie Laredo on this card Valerie Laredo gets a unanimous decision win she is also now 2-0 she's doing her thing she's a friend of the show so salute to Valerie Laredo um but Aaron Pico and the reason I want to talk about him is this Bellator you fucked up just plain and simple you drop the ball with this one. They keep on saying things like, oh, you know, nobody with his record wants to fight him. You had possibly the best prospect in MMA history. And you ruined him. You ru- absolutely ruined him. You end up having him out here against guys whom, dude, Air Boric had 12 fights. He was 12-0 from a super camp at that. He needs to be fighting people like Dylan Dennis is fighting. Give him tomato cans. He should be 10-0 before you give him somebody solid. And now people are saying the Bellator is like, well, he wouldn't take those fights. People wouldn't take them. Yes, they will. Yes, they will. Did you ask? Did you ask some people from random organizations? Hey, do you want to get called up to the big show? People will take those fights, man. The fact that they went out there and absolutely shit the bed with this kid, and now he is four and three. He has been KO'd his last two fights, less than six months apart, and his first loss, he ended up getting rocked badly before he was submitted. I don't know where this kid's confidence is going to be. I don't know what he has to offer at this point in time. Can he bounce back, end up ripping off 10 in a row? Yeah, but is it probable? Probably not. Yo, Bellator, you fucked up. Um, all right. During this Bellator card also, um, TJ Dillashaw was there. TJ Dillashaw, all of us know, was the former 135-pound champion with the UFC. And um, he was in Juan Archuleta's corner. He finally spoke um, after, you know, he, he, he bust, he popped, or should I say he told everybody he cheated and he's you know he popped for epo 
he had a sit down conversation with none other than Chael Sonnen, who I have to say, Chael Sonnen was getting ready to fight. And he went ahead and did an hour sit down interview the day before his big matchup against Lota Machida. Salute to Chael Sonnen being the dude for that one. But he had an amazing, very candid um, conversation. And the reason I say it was important for him to have it is because Chael also popped for EPO. Um, this is what TJ had to say, and this is what I want to bring up. I decided that this is from TJ Dillashaw and his conversation um, with Chael Sonnen. I decided to take something I knew I wasn't allowed to take. It's an enema medication that would help me not only make weight, but be myself. I'm not mad that I did it because I don't think I could have taken a fight. I'm obviously going to own up to the fact that I cheated and I got caught. And it's a rough one. It's hard to not hate yourself a little bit. Man, I don't know. All right. So first and foremost, yo, salute to TJ Dillashaw. I don't care what you guys have to say. Salute to TJ for going out there, being open and honest. And this is the first step in redemption. TJ will be welcomed back with open arms. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. He's probably going to win a championship again. He's that good. And now that he has time to take off, he has time to put new wrinkles in his game. And he has times to heal injuries that he's never been able to fix. He's had, he just had surgery on both shoulders. He's going to come back healthier than ever. This is how you move past hard situations like that. Own up to it. Look, I fucked up. I got caught. I'm sorry. And now that he's done that, what are we supposed to do? Am I supposed to crucify dude forever? Sit there and say, no, nah, you're cheating. No, nah, man. You, 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 you owned up to it. You said you messed up. You're, you're dealing with ramifications. And when you come back, you're still going to be an amazing fighter that I cannot wait to watch. So if he went out there and did it a different way and said, yo, forget it. He fought it. He fought it. He fought it. He fought it. That's the reason why Lance Armstrong is so vilified and so hated is because he didn't own up to it. That's why people don't like Barry Bonds. That's why people don't like Mark McGuire. So people don't like Sammy Sosa. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Rafael Palmero didn't go out there like I have never put anything in my body. You lie. You lied. Get my funk flex on. So look, man, these guys, he didn't lie. He owned up to it. He took a page out of Chael Sonnen's book. That's why I actually appreciated that he was able to do that on Chael Sonnen's show. TJ will be fine. TJ will be back. TJ will win a title. All right. So um, look, all in all, man. That was an amazing Bellator card. Bellator has been absolutely crushing it. Um, and you know who else is crushing it, man? I can't lie. Top rank ESPN Plus. Um, Bob Aram is killing it. This past weekend, we had um, a couple amazing matchups. Ideally, we have Tyson Fury going out there and doing absolute work and uh, knocking out Schwartz in the second round. If you haven't been able to see it, this dude went out there and was well schooled, man. Went out there with the Apollo Creed get up, the whole, you know, James Brown made in America, you dig, bouncing up and down, jumping, dancing. He had the whole, you know, USA fit. I loved it. He's one of the best characters in the sport. And, um, and truly, look, he and Deontay Wilder are 1A and 1B in my book. 
I don't have any of them. They're, they're, they're right there together. I don't have one better than the other one. They both bring different skill sets. But man, these two are uh, uh, head and shoulders above everybody else in the heavyweight division. And they're the reason why people give a fuck about heavyweights once again. He man, I'm a fan of that dude, man. He's great in the ring. He's great outside the ring. He's very complimentary to the people who he competes against. Um, he is eloquent in the way he speaks. He is someone who is very, you know, he's outspoken about the mental health community. Yo, this dude is a superstar. He he earned every bit of that hundred million dollars that ESPN Plus and Tom Brink are giving him. Um I, I just cannot wait to see him and Deontay Wilder's rematch, man. It needs to happen sooner than later, but it sounds like that fight's going to happen some point in time, mid-2020, barring that Deontay Wilder or he don't get scuffed by somebody weird. Um, and don't get it twisted. Deontay Wilder got some wild fights coming up against Luis Ortiz, man. So we'll see what happens with that one. All right. Um, this weekend, this weekend, we have a couple great fight cards. We have ES UFC on ESPN plus 12. Um, Moicano versus uh, the Korean Zombie. We also have Bellator London 8. That should be an amazing fight. That's Gegard Musasi, the champion at 185 pounds, fighting against the best American jiu-jitsu practitioner, Rafael Lovato Jr. And that's going to be in Wembley Arena, obviously in London. Um, um, look, let's just go ahead and go over the fights really, really quick. Um, Bellator card absolutely shits on the UFC's card this weekend. Hinato Moicano, the number five ranked guy at 145 pounds, is an absolute monster. We forget when Max Holloway last defended his belt against Brian Ortega, he was the one that the UFC paid to say, yo, stay in shape just in case something happens. You're stepping in for that shot. So the UFC thinks very highly of him, but he's coming off of a loss against Jose Aldo Jr. He's fighting the Korean Zombie, 14 and five absolute beast but he's also coming off a knockout of the year loss against the korean zombie who he was or should i say against yair rodriguez yo go back and look at this fight he was winning the entire time he was doing work the entire time but ended up getting blasted by one of the most amazing up elbow behind the backs that you'll ever see ended up losing this fight so he's 14 and five against hanata moicano 13 two and one they're both coming off of a loss. But if I'm looking at the trajectory, the only reason I am picking Chen, uh, the Korean zombie, Chen Song Jung, to win this fight is because, one, yes, he got KO'd, but I've seen him come back. He's resilient, he's tough, and he's extremely well-schooled. He has pretty much knockouts, submissions, decisions are all pretty much even. Hanato Moikano doesn't have a lot of knockouts on his record. He has great striking, but he's not putting anybody out. So I don't see him putting out Chen Sung Jung. Chen, I've also seen Moicano get knocked out or blasted by a body shot. Chen Sung is beasted to the body. And I've also seen him get choked out. We forget the Korean zombie was the first one to go ahead and knock out a twister in the UFC. His ground game is elite. His striking is top notch. I got the Korean zombie winning this fight. Also on this card, we have uh, um, Lineker, Beast, at 135 pounds, uh, number 10 guy facing Rob Font. Rob Font, Philly's very own. Yo, I got Rob Font winning this fight, man. I think he is, even though he doesn't have as much power as uh, John Lineker does, 
he is more schooled in his boxing. I think he'll be able to stay away from him. And he has great uh, anti-wrestling, man. So I got Rob Font winning this fight. Uh, Brian Barbarina, the uh, well-schooled um, out there from um, the lab down there in uh, Arizona. He's fighting Randy Brown out of New York. I think Randy Brown is too athletic, too long. Randy Brown did come off of a fluky loss uh, against uh, Nico Price in a fight that he was winning. So, look, I'm going with Randy Brown, getting back off to Schneid and beating the very tough uh, Brian Barberina. All right. The card that I actually care about and I'm really going to really uh, be focused in on is the Bellator London card. You have Gegard Mousasi, 45 wins, six losses, two draws against Rafael Lovato Jr., I'm going to be honest with you. This shouldn't even be a fight. Um, Gegard Mousasi, I think, is going to run through Rafael Lovato Jr. Rafael has not faced the competitors that he has. I don't think he's as well-schooled as them. Yes, he's better on the ground. I will say that. But look, man, Gegard is not a bum on the ground. We forget he absolutely just did work against, you know, the champion, your boy, in um, the Red King, Roy McDonald. He absolutely destroyed, dude. So when we're looking at those type of things, man, I, I have to say I'm going with Gegard Mousasi in a dominant victory. Also on this card, we have Paul Daly making his return um, after, you know, his um, his his disappointing, one of the most disappointing fights I've ever seen um, against uh, Michael Venom Page. He's making his return against the always dangerous Eric Silva. Eric Silva, 20 and 10. Look, I'm not going to lie to you. Eric Silva hasn't looked the same since USADA in PEDs. I'm not saying he's on something. I'm just saying I don't know if he's not on something. He's, he's one of those dudes who was an absolute destroyer. But, but when he goes out there and bombing, I don't see him out bombing Paul Daly. So I got Paul Daly in this one. James Gallagher is on his way back. He's 8-1, and one, one of the prospects. And, yo, again, they're doing it right. They have him fighting Jeremiah uh, Libanio, who's 12-6. and six. And, look, this dude is a guy who wins one, loses one, win one, lose one, wins one, lose one. He's not going to beat James Gallagher. I got James Gallagher all day. Melvin Manouf is back. That's going to be fun. Dude, this should be a great fight, man. Great fight weekend. Also this weekend, Paul Amalanaji is farting Artem Lobov in uh, bare-knuckle boxing. Yo, I know people will be talking about that, so I had to bring it up. Paulie should win. Paulie should absolutely win. He's 36 and 8. He's fought some of the greatest of all time. Miguel Cotto to talk about a few. Um, he should absolutely, if it's just, just a boxing match, piece up uh, Artem Lobov. My only concern is that Paulie has brittle hands. And if Paulie has brittle hands, uh, if he hurts his hands in bare knuckle boxing, he could lose. I mean, look, it's combat sports. Anything can happen, man. But all in all, I, I think Paulie should pretty much do easy work uh, against uh, dude. All in all, yo, it, it's a good week, man. Good week coming up. Um, on the fight podcast this week man i have another great uh week of uh conversations man um this week we have matt 
the immortal Brown coming on the podcast. I cannot wait to talk to him. We have the return of Juan Adams. Juan the Kraken Adams is going to come on the show also. He's going to talk about his upcoming fight against Greg Hardy. Uh, we have the owner of Alpha Bollocks, Derek Giardina. He's going to talk about him and some of the athletes that he has and some of his amazing products that he's talking about. Alton Cunningham as well, who is uh, about to fight in the Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series next week. He's one of the top prospects at 205 pounds in the world. So I can't wait to talk to him and much more, man. As always, yo, this is the Fight Podcast. This is episode 123. I am your host, Serge Vicente. Thank you guys as always for listening. Uh, Remember, the Fight Podcast is brought to you each week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meals and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 15% off your first three months. Also, follow the Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at the Fight Podcast. Follow your boy at Serge Vicente. Also, check me out on Twitter at the Serge Vicente. That's also the Fight Podcast Twitter page. Check out the website, support the show, thefightpodcast.com. And also listen to The Fight Podcast on all podcasting platforms, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and everything else, man. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for supporting the show. Love you guys. Catch you next time right here on The Fight Podcast. Peace out.